Welcome to another episode of the Music City Drive-In brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, I am going to, blah, blah, blah. on today's episode, we are going to sit down and review the movie House of Gucci. Um, there's a lot of controversy surrounding this film because there's a lot of people out that whenever they first saw the film, it was whether it was liked, disliked, there was a lot of different controversial opinions about it. Well, we here at the Music City Drive-In wanted to focus in and hone in on, fuck, I don't even know what I'm saying right now. What am I saying? I don't even know what I'm saying. This podcast has opened up as a complete and utter disaster. You're welcome, world, because you're listening to it. I don't even know where I started. I don't even know what I'm saying, but I just know that on today's episode, we are going to review the House of Gucci. That's what we're going to do in this episode. It's a special episode of the Music City Drive-In. I'm joined by Matthew Fox. Fox, why did you just let me ramble for like 55 seconds for no reason? You know, I was trying to honor, since we're, we're covering the House of Gucci, the uh, film stylings of the House of Gucci, where you start out with a strong premise, it sort of bottoms into this weird situation, then you try to right the ship, but so much time has passed that you almost forgot why you even started it in the first place. I thought that intro was, was perfect. Yeah, it's just like, you know, Michael Scott, you know, I start knowing, you know, what I, I know what I'm going to say. And then I start talking about it. And somewhere in between, I lose my complete train of thought and start talking about rambling something else. But this movie has been met to some interesting reviews. But but what we're going to do is we're going to dissect our initial expectations, the performances within the film, and then our story, the, the overall thoughts of the story. And then we're going to give a score and overall thoughts to end the show. So, Fox, I'm going to let you kick it off. What were your initial expectations for The House of Gucci? Yeah, I mean, I think my initial expectation was I, I thought this was going to be an Oscar bait kind of film. And that is certainly uh, what it seemed to be tracking for. A very stylish uh, trailer uh, that we saw. We've seen stills of Driver and Lady Gaga together. Uh, kind of got people hyped for this. So I was excited to see this cast in action um, and to see how the story was going to play out. I, I was a little bit apprehensive about the runtime. You know, early reports were that it was going to be over three hours. The final cut is uh, two hours, a little over two and a half hours. So I was apprehensive about that. Um, but I, I still had high hopes that we were going to see something that was meant to contend for Oscar season. Yeah, I had the same feelings as well. I I, I think Lady Gaga is a very good actress. Um, I thought she was great in Star is Born, but I do think that my favorite work of hers to date so far had been what she did on American Horror Story. I thought she was phenomenal in that because in A Star is Born, you really, she could be really playing Lady Gaga in that role, right? You know what I mean? She really could. There's a lot of uh, similarities within her role as um, in, in that character versus what we see out of her in real life. So that to me was was a good performance, very good performance, you know, Oscar worthy performance. But as an overall collective whole, I did love her body of work. And I do think she can act. And then of course, on the flip side, we had Adam Driver, who is also a phenomenal actor. Gave one of my favorite, one of my one of my top 10 performances of the year in Annette. I think that the film got a little bit crazy, got a little weird, but um, his performance though, especially at the beginning of that film, there was some couple knockout performances. Then of course you add you Jeffrey Irons, you have uh, Jeremy Irons, Jeremy Irons, there he goes. That guy, uh, Al Pacino and Jared Leto, this this strong ensemble cast, and then of course you have Ridley Scott, you know, world renowned, um, you know, filmmaker and stuff like that, who's making some quite interesting choice of words as of late. But we won't even talk about those because uh, I know he knocks and picks on movies, but if he only had an editor, maybe his movies would be that much better. And honestly, coming off of the last duel, 
which I thought was, it's still, in my opinion, the, the surprise of the year because I thought that movie was going to be a disaster. I had zero expectation, zero want to see that movie. But now he has produced two of my favorite campy performances of the year. Um, but speaking of performances, um, what were your thoughts on the character's play? Not not necessarily how it was written, because we'll get to that in a little bit, the story-wise, but the performances-wise, what were your thoughts on those? Yeah, you know, the more that I've reflected on it, I think it's the performances that kind of save it um, for what it is. I didn't think overall that it was, uh, you know, we'll get to our overall scores a little bit later, but uh, the performances... One thing that threw me is they make a choice about accents um, and that's either going to work for you or it's not going to work for you. I don't think it always worked, um, but these are great actors. I really enjoyed Jared Leto um, like you did. I don't think he's even recognizable as Jared Leto. It felt like something completely different. He's probably the greatest chameleon in that acting group there in terms of just being able to morph himself into different roles. He provides a lot of comic relief. Um, Adam Driver was okay. Uh, I think he's been better. I would agree with you. Annette was probably his showcase for this year. He was fine. I really, I enjoyed um, Lady Gaga in the, in the lead role. They sort of sideline her character for a large swath of the third act of the film, uh, which is a choice. Um, Jeremy Irons is interesting when he's in there. I, I love a hammy Al Pacino performance. Um, and so this one worked for me and some of the scenes between him and Jared Leto, especially down the stretch of the film, uh, made me laugh pretty hard. Um, and then, you know, the one that we, uh, didn't talk about is the right-hand man, Jack Houston, um, who I think actually, you know, he carries through a few different generations kind of pulling the strings uh, behind the scenes. I thought he was pretty good at that part as well. Yeah, I agree with you kind of exactly uh, uh, kind of how you brought it up, but I, I do think um, Jared Lotto is phenomenal as well. Like he just, he, he knows again. So it, it's one of those things I, I compare a lot to what we saw out of Ben Affleck in the last duel. It's very campy. It's very ridiculous. It's somewhat over the top and, and, and it's supposed to be. And, and I think that's why I loved it so much because again, when an actor knows what he's, what he's supposed to take out of a role and, and he presents that to us in the way that Jared Leto did he knew what it was. He knew it was goofy. He knew it was stupid. He knew it was over the top. He knew it was eccentric. You know what I mean? And that's exactly what it, he is so funny. And you're right. There's several different scenes throughout this entire movie that, that Leto just has you on the floor laughing, whether it's with Pacino, whether he's got a very good scene with Gaga. And I think it's very, very good. Um, the scene that, that comes together. And I'm not looking, we're not going to dive too much into spoilers here at all, because obviously not everybody has seen the movie. It just came out um, yesterday, technically. But I, performance-wise, I think that Leto and, and Gaga give two of my favorite performances in the film. I do think that they're very good. I think this might be my favorite Gaga performance today. I think it could have been better. I feel like they, the, the, but I don't, I don't blame Lady Gaga for that. I don't blame what she brought to the table because I feel like each one of these actors elevated the script, which is a little bit weak. 
and 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 took that to the next level. And I think you made a statement to me. Uh, you made a statement on the uh, on the uh, fantasy football hour, happy hour show that was put spot on. If you take these actors out of it, if you just have average actors in this movie, I think it's not as nearly as good as it ends up being. And um, that'll transition to the story thoughts. I, I thought structurally wise, it was solid, but this needed an edit a hard edit and maybe two or three or four more edits. There's no reason this movie should be two two hours and 30, two hours and 35 minutes or whatever it is. It shouldn't be. There's no reason for it. I think structurally sound, he could have edited. There's at least a solid 30 that we saw in this movie where I'm like, guys, are you kidding me right now? Like, this is what it felt like two and a half hours. I looked down at my clock and again, I looked down at my watch and it was, I think I saw it like eight o'clock at night or something, seven o'clock at night or something like that. And I looked down and it was seven 30 and I was like, Oh my God, it felt like an hour. And and the thing about it is, 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 is really Scott's writing is just a slog. It's just, and, and it's just, I don't understand what's going on in this man's head, but his structure of this movie is just, it's brutal. I it's, it's the editing is it's, it's terrible. It's just bad. Like how can you not watch this? as a filmmaker, a world renowned filmmaker and not look at this and say, this needs an edit. You know what I mean? But structurally sound like they, they make some interesting choices that I really wasn't a fan of throughout the film, but overall the story's solid enough, but it's just far too long. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't look up anything. I know this is based on a true story, so it's possible that you could go and know where this is going. I think, I had a pretty good idea of where it was going to go based on the trailer that I saw and based on the opening sequences. This is one of those movies that starts at the end and winds back to the beginning and pretty well foreshadows what the journey is going to be. Um, you know, I think Ridley Scott probably let go of his editor a long time ago for as much as I like Gladiator, which is 21 years old now. It was probably a little bit too long. It's almost a three hour movie and the director's cuts even longer you know, he's never been one to tighten movies down. I thought Last Duel could have probably been a little bit shorter, too. There's another movie that tracks up over two and a half hours. Um, you know, I wonder what the the original cut of this movie, the rumors were it was, it was three, three and a half hours. And you definitely feel like there are some things that got glossed over or are potentially missing in the connections uh, of the story at times, even in this version. Um I don't think it was a great script. Becky Johnson and Roberto Bentevegna, I don't know 100% how to pronounce that, did that based on, on a book. I think part of the problem is they try to cover like two decades of intense family drama. Would this maybe have been better as a miniseries where you're getting seven or eight episodes to let the story play out? That's possible. Would it have been better if they could have focused a little bit more um, like I said, you know, I thought Lady Gaga and Jared Leto were probably two of the most interesting characters, and they largely sidelined both of them for huge swaths of the last act, which is rough. Um, I don't think they really built up some of the some of the you know, you have to buy into the central relationship, and I don't think it was always incredibly well set up at the beginning or the 
what caused the rift that pulled them apart was very well. There's essentially boils down to in a two and a half hour movie, they had one like two minute scene that I guess was supposed to fill in the gaps for the entire fracture in their relationship. There are things, you know, for as long as it is, there are things that are unexplained, which is a little bit frustrating where you have to try to fill in pieces based on things you're not even seeing on screen. So that's where they were probably riding the line of, did this need to be two movies? Did this need to be a mini series? No, let's all slam it down into one. And I think that maybe structurally is why it doesn't work. Now I get with the cast that you have and with Ridley Scott, they're probably not committing to doing a seven hour mini series. Although Pacino, Leto, Lady Gaga, uh, and Jeremy Irons have all done TV. So I don't know, you know, the, some of the stigma that is off, but that, that was probably, I've reflected on it a little bit and there are pieces there that work. The whole thing doesn't work. Maybe it's because it's trying to sit there almost the Spider-Man three problem where it was originally two movies and they told Sam Raimi, well, just slam it into one movie and it just doesn't quite work. Yeah, that's one of the things that I think that more recently King Richard got right is they focused in and honed in on this specific time frame. And and you didn't get like with the Williams sisters, like their their life expect like their lifespan is is 30 years almost past what we see in that movie, right? So it's like you only see a, a you know five, 10 year gap within that movie of King Richard. Here we're trying to like we're fast forwarding, going backwards, forwards, rewinding. Pacino goes to jail. Like I don't feel like they really highlighted some of those things that could have been enhanced to make the stories a, a little bit better. And I think you're right. Like it, it would have probably worked as, as a better like a six part series on HBO. Maybe you don't have as big as actors that we have in this, and maybe that's why it doesn't work as a limited series because we don't have those star studded actors. But I just feel like you're right. It, it tries to cover far too long. Honestly, you don't even realize where they're at in the time frame. At the very beginning, it tells you it's 1978. At some point, yeah. you know, after it's been a couple of years, they tell you it's 83. I didn't realize we were the mid 90s until they start talking about it being the 1996 fiscal year. And I'm like, oh, damn, we, we jumped. We jumped. Up. So there's a huge, yeah. you know, and how long were the passages of each of these things? That becomes a little bit muddled. All right. Overall thoughts and your final score of the film. Yeah, overall, it's definitely a showcase for some of the actors. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some acting nominations that come out of this, but it's, for a film that's trying to compete for Oscar bait, I don't, I don't think it gets there. We, you know, maybe last year it could have worked its way in there, but we've had a very strong year, I think, uh, creatively for films. This one, I ended up giving a final score of three out of five. Um, I liked parts of it, but on the whole, it just didn't completely work for me. Yeah, I. I think I settled around the same score. I think I said I settled on a B, three out of five. I think I recommend it, um, but it has to be your cup of tea. Um, I don't say go out and watch it. If you're a fan of these actors, definitely. I do think that the performances alone are worth a watch. I think this is one of those movies I'll watch one time and probably never watch again. I'll like go watch the clips of Leto's performances throughout of it because I just feel like he left that kind of lasting imprint on me. It's like, I still laugh at some of the scenes in my head of what I saw from him, because I do think that he was very good. Um, but overall I give the film, like I said, a solid B. I think it's a solid B. I don't think it's nowhere. Like it's, I've seen people give it one star, one and a half stars, two stars. It's not that bad. Like, I mean, I, yes, 
we've already highlighted it's far too long it needed to be edited there's story structure wise is there's there's a lot of issues but there's a lot that works for me enough to say watch this movie you know what i mean like i i feel like it works that much but uh any closing thoughts for house of gucci before we go it didn't make me more interested in their clothes or their handbags no it really didn't not, not at all like I, a funny story I could tell you before we go. I went to LA once. This is probably, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago. And I was like, you know what? I want to go to the Gucci store. And I want to go into the Gucci store and I want to buy something. Just so I can say that I have something Gucci. So I was like, all right, I'm going to find a wallet. You know what I mean? I went in. The wallet was like $350. I walked right back out the door. I, I was like, I don't need a $350 wallet. I just. I mean, that dovetails perfectly with the opening monologue that you get from uh lady gaga where she's talking about you work your whole life just hoping you can get the second cheapest thing in the score store but most of you never will exactly exactly with that being said make sure to head on over to the music city drive and check out matthew fox and i's articles we got a lot of stuff pumping out each and every week we've got some stuff on the horizon um we've got some fun things happening throughout the month of december i think uh we will be back with another oscar show um, Fox and I are talking about doing a year-end TV review. Um, Fox watches a lot more TV than I do, but I think that um, through and through, I watch some good shows. So I, I think I could put together ten our top ten movies of our top ten TV shows of the year. I'm pretty excited about that. We do have uh, the North American Film Critic Group coming up. Uh, that's obviously in January, but there's going to be some stuff that we'll sprinkle on through the month of December. Uh, make sure to check out the other shows on the Drive-In Podcast Network. We've got the Fantasy Football Roundtable, which Matthew Fox and I host. We have the Film Optics Podcast, 50 Years of Music, the Uncut Wrestling Podcast, and, of course, the Now Showing. Uh, we want to thank you guys for listening. Um, if you guys like House of Gucci, let us know. Give us a comment below. Or if you're listening, please give us five stars on the old Apple Podcast. We'd greatly appreciate it. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later.